Well, Logan, everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority, presented by Labatt and Labatt Blue. This is episode 99, as we're getting close to 100. Three digits, cannot wait for episode 100. But I want to remind you that Labatt Blue is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always time for hockey, it's always time for Labatt Blue. And remember, those limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light Detroit Red Wing cans are still available. Get them while they're cold. And as always, enjoy our premium beer responsibly. Well, we continue on episode 99 of the Red and White Authority with our Father's Day uh, mentors trip uh, that the Red Wings just concluded. And uh, this is the Rookie Day. Dad's edition as we welcome in John Chalowski and also Michael Rasmussen's father, Paul Rasmussen. So without further ado, let's begin with John Chalowski. John, you're kind of a star on this podcast, whether you know it or not, because when we had Dennis on, all he could talk about was how you stressed education. Now, you're a very learned man, so why don't you give us a little bit of your background and then we'll get into the uh, about Dennis as a player. Well, I've always been an academic and a reader. My best thing is math, math skills. Did engineering school at UBC and worked my whole career as a mechanical engineer in British Columbia. So never played hockey, never did sports. I'm I'm a book guy. Now, UBC, University of British British Columbia, Columbia, right now. uh, So you get a young little dentist here, right? And you know, and by the way. Fred's fantastic too. I really, I really, I've really enjoyed his company. Uh, but you uh, now you want, and I know you stress academics. So when Dennis wants to be a hockey player, I mean, did that go over well? Or? Well, no, that was fine because Natalie, Natalie, his mom, um, she was the athlete in the family. She was a swimmer and a synchronized swimmer, and and still to this day works out all the time. So she said to the boys that that they had to do some athletic thing when they were young because it didn't matter to me one way or the other, but it was mom that pushed it. And for whatever reason, Fred chose hockey, and whatever Fred did, Dennis did. He followed. So when Dennis was three years old, we put him in skates, and and uh, we were going to put him in skating lessons, and he said, no, I know how to skate. And he never took lessons or anything. He just knew how to skate. When did it kind of dawn on you that he could have been a... Uh that Dennis had potential to pursue this at, at a professional level. Um, at a professional level, it's it's hard it's hard to say. When he was really young, he was a star and and he was very very good, but he didn't grow. And so he was very small through the Bantam draft. He went in the tenth round. People were doubting that he would play, and then that's why he went the Junior A route. And then he grew all of a sudden in one or two years. And I guess it was in Chilliwack that we knew that he'd have a chance to play. Now, he's, you know, obviously if he has a chance to play, he had a growth spurt and he's very good, as yeah. you said. But what does, what does Father John think of that? I mean, are you thinking, wait a second, buddy. There's <laughs> a, you know, I've got a book here that you better be uh, Well, cracking. no, 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 100%. That's why we sent him to college because, you know, I wasn't, yeah, wasn't going to just send him into hockey and not take any. He's very good at school. He had a very high marks and high school he took math and physics and chemistry and did very very well and looked like I was going to have an engineer as a son there for a while but then he grew and started to succeed in hockey so then the big decisions started to have to be made. You know we always hear especially in the U.S. because of American colleges and these kids trying to balance academics 
and a career and a varsity sports show, let's right. say. Dennis, I couldn't believe his workload, not only from hockey, but what he was doing. And that, you know, that is really difficult. I mean, I, I kind of have empathy now for, for student-athletes because <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's an, not no. an easy road. No, especially when your dad is telling you, you know, you have to have high marks and he's taking advanced math and he's taking physics and, and like, the hockey players generally don't take that stuff, right? And right. Well, it's hard to do. It's it's just hard to do. So um, he just said to me, <laughs> he said, Dad, you know, this is, I want to play hockey. You, <laughs> now, I know you, you, know, you, the one thing that really, in the podcast that we did with Dennis, yeah. that really, really came through was the fact is, is that you do not consider if he's not reading an actual book, physically holding it in his hand and reading right. it, it does not count. Right. If it's an iPad or whatever, uh, just online, uh, I love that. I, I love well, that. And, the, and the reason is is because I have an iPad, of course, and I live on my phone and stuff, but when you're reading on that, you're, not, you're just bouncing all over the place with all the hyperlinks and then the photo, and then you get into video, and then you're on YouTube, and then before you know it, the time's gone by. There's a certain amount of effort and dedication, and I just think it's better to sometimes sit down and just read and just let your mind try to fully comprehend. I don't know, maybe that's old school, whatever. Well, you know, and, but and it makes sense because you're not, you're not, not really overloading that's your, your and senses. And, uh, yeah, and then you can take your time and reread it, and, and that's, that's how I learned. So, uh, The day I did the podcast with Dennis... And I was going to go over to you guys. You guys walked into a restaurant, and I knew it was him. And uh, I, I was there, too. It's an Italian restaurant on, I don't know, Haggerty or something, out there in the kind of Novi, Livonia area. Yeah. And I was going to say something to him. But I really figured, God, if John, you, yeah. if you would have listened to the podcast, because I was just like, just fascinated by it. I go, oh, God. And I told Dennis, I hope his dad doesn't punch me, but... What I really like about you is is that you, you know, I said, so let me ask you something, <laughs> okay. Dennis, and this is what he said. He said, I said, if you become a Hall of Fame hockey player, make millions of dollars, more money than you ever know what to do, your dad's going to expect you to go back to school and get a degree. And he said, absolutely. So absolutely. So Why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't he? Like, so school, school is the best of times. I had the best time there. I made my whole career because of school. So, Big Fred, his brother, has gone to school. He's doing exceptionally well. Natalie went to school. We've all gone to school. It's just Dennis is playing hockey. Hockey takes a lot of work. It's unbelievable the work the kid puts in. So, <laughs> again, I mean, I, I just want hey, I, life, I applaud you. Is, I'm yeah, not, I'm no, I know, but life is about here. learning. Life is about learning. And it's constantly learning, learning your whole life. So he, he expects, regardless of where this hockey <laughs> career takes him, yeah. that when it's over for him, you know, when yeah. he decides to retire the Blades, and, you know, I guess we're both open 20 years down the road or something, <laughs> he's going to go back and get a degree in something. Well, he better go back and finish his calculus, so I want to be alive when he does it. Really? Right? Really? Yeah. I had to do it. The kid should do it. He was good at it, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, hey, it's your son. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, know. I I don't know what he'll do. I don't know what he'll do. But <laughs> now, he, he, you send him books? Yeah, I do. Now, are we they, pick out books for all, all kinds of all kinds of subjects. Some are fiction, some are nonfiction, and some are classics. Some are business books that I've read, and there are things in them that I've liked. And because, do yeah. you highlight anything for him specifically, or do you just well, send we, him the book? I send him the book, let him read, and then sometimes we'll discuss them. Sometimes he doesn't like them. Sometimes he likes some of the stuff, and 
It just depends. Like, I don't force them to read certain things or anything. Just read what I just want them to read well, and have an opinion. Right, right. On... right. Now, he said, and, you know, I know uh, when he was out in B.C., I think we were all kind of looking forward to, yeah. you know, maybe seeing him play against yeah. the Canucks. But he said for sure Fred was going to have his Canucks jersey on. And he said, maybe my dad will, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, well, really, old habits die hard? Or? Well, no. What... We had seasons tickets for a lot of years, and when the boys were young, we went to all the Canucks games. And we had, well, we had Todd Bertuzzi before you guys had Todd Bertuzzi. Oh yeah, that I know. And and he's in our house. He's still there's a jersey hanging on the wall. He's just like, and we love Todd Bertuzzi. That line with Marcus Snazlin and and uh, Brendan Morrison and Sedin's were on the second line. Ryan Kessler, local boy yeah, for you guys oh, from yeah. Livonia big star we've got his jersey at home too what a team we had we watched that connects team was just so good well lived I, and died with them i i go back to the 2002 playoffs where vancouver i think won the first couple of games in yeah. detroit and I, nick I, lidstrom shot that bouncing well, yeah, puck. Uh, yeah I, I, we did you know dennis practices that shot he swears nick lidstrom did that on purpose right i can tell you nick did not <laughs> well, we said in our house we our house we discussed that he really? did he really? knew how to do that i you can go watch Dennis after practice sometimes. He still, to this day, tries to figure oh, out okay. how Nick made that shot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think Nick's still trying to figure <laughs> it out. Too. I mean, that, and that kind of turned the whole series it around. Did. It, the Red the whole won series, four, yeah. straight, four straight games after that. Yeah. Um, I can remember, uh, I, I think it was the Friday night game, the second game, Hashik was skating off the ice. And some Red Wing fan took his like two hundred and fifty dollar Red Wing jersey to autograph by Dominic Hoshik and threw it at him. <laughs> he was so disgusted because you know and Hoshik, but that fired Hoshik up because obviously I think his goals against was like one point three in yeah, that whole yeah. playoff, and I mean you know he set some sort of record that since has been broken. So big Canucks fans, he gets drafted by the Red Wings. Yeah. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's good the Red Wings are in the Eastern Conference now. I mean because it sounds like. Do you still attend Canucks games or? Um, no, no. We we once he was heavy into junior and stuff. Then, then um, the tickets I just let back to my old company, and and I haven't really gone to Canucks games since then because I've just yeah following Dennis's path. And of course, when he joined the Red Wings, we've been just studying up on all the history of the Red Wings. So new favorites. Right? Now so, you talk about you know Brendan Morrison also is kind of a local hero yeah. here because he scored the game-winning goal in the national championship for the University of Michigan. Now, the, you must One of the reasons, Dennis, we knew the college route was because of Brendan Morrison. Really? Because out our way, the dub is everything. You live for the dub draft. Right, right. And you the want Western to go Hockey League. The Western Hockey League, right. yeah. We call it the dub. Right? The dub, so, yeah. yeah. And and so Dennis went all the way down to the 10th round. But we knew about the college way to go to college. And it's because of Brendan Morrison. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, when's a national championship for Michigan? Yep. You know, I always like what he always said about the line that he played on. Uh, I would talk to him. There were two things because I, I got to know him a little bit, obviously, at the University of Michigan. And he said that the Sedin twins were unique looking, <laughs> which I always yeah. love the way to describe it because I thought they were almost translucent. They were so... Yeah, you know, pale. I guess is the best way. But they were great kids. I I knew them. They came over with a Swedish junior team at 17 to the Cuban Ann Arbor, where the yeah. development program used to be. Anyway, uh, but he said that 
a lot of people got down on on Bertuzzi, Naslin, and, and his line, or on him because he didn't score enough goals. And he said, are you kidding me? He goes, have you seen her plus minus? He goes, someone has to play defense on that line. I mean, those guys were all offense. I mean, they were the highest scoring line yep. maybe for years yes, in the they, NHL. Yes, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah, it, well, you know. And we so, went to the games all the time. All the time. And, and Todd Bertuzzi was the guy. I, I'll tell you, in 2002. Big Fred still has his jersey and will still wear it. it we, that's like an honored jersey. Really? And, and, yep. So. We love Todd Bertuzzi. So would Fred have worn that, wore his Todd Bertuzzi jersey when the wings he, were in town? He, well, he's got that kind of sense of humor. He <laughs> may very well have, you know. And Dennis has a picture with Todd Bertuzzi when, from Detroit that uh, he texted back to me, and that's, we printed that off, and we have it in the house. It's one of our favorite pictures. Really? That's, that's quite recent, yeah. Well, that, well, you know, well, right. I, I mean, I guess now playing with Tyler, his nephew's got to be kind of, oh, yeah. kind of a full circle kind of that's, thing. That's 100%. Yeah, have you gotten to talk? To, does Tyler know that about your? The no, no. I mean, no. I don't go up and talk and stuff like that because that's that's a special time and place. You know, Todd is just it's like revered in our house. Yeah, revered in our house, right? He's just really? just that guy. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Now, Dan, I know you've come periodically throughout the season yeah. to Detroit and spent some days. Yeah. Is it a classroom environment? Do you create that for? For Dennis, I mean, no matter how, it, it, look, at first of all, he's a humble and great guy. He's always laughing. He's always smiling. You know, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting, we're, we're sitting right next to each other. You know, you and your wife, I'm sure you're super proud, even a big friend, all, all, your, all your children and, and, and your whole family. But Dennis is really grounded and really balanced. But I would imagine that you kind of keep him honest, if that makes sense. No, I don't know. He's just that way. Yeah, but I mean, if you're, I mean, you have a couple him, books right now for him, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, I do. But you know, that's. I don't force him to read them, though. Well, just, what, what kind of book? Can you t tell us what they are? Um, one of them is called "The Rules of Work." It's just about workplace environments, how people react, and stuff around it. Because I told Dennis, you know, you've you've got a job now too, right? With the Red Wings and stuff, you have to understand how it all works and, and the importance of it all and how you fit into the. So why don't you read something about work? They're paying you money. It's got to be a job, right? So right, right. somewhere along the line, I mean, it's hockey, it's fun, and all that stuff too. But but uh, so it, it's, what, it's it, a, looks like a big business to me. The whole Red Wings looks like a big business. Well, right. I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're on this. I see. I see. Yeah, I'm on the father's trip. I can't believe the, all the stuff, you know. And you go to the rink and the and the and the brand new rink. I don't even know how much it's worth, but I never seen anything like it in a hockey <laughs> rink, you know. And wow. So I did that. So I brought him that book. So he'll. Yeah, I'm sure he'll scan through it. Now, do you have favorite fiction authors, or do you like biographies of favorite, pe favorite I, I people? I personally, I personally read biographies. Yes. Um, Dennis, not so much. What was the last biography you read? Did you? Um, Truman, about oh. Harry Truman. Oh, really? Now, who, who, who wrote that? Uh, not, not his. David McCullough? Yes, was, that's yes. the one I just read. Yeah. I met him. He's a great guy. Did you meet him? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> I used to work in. in I've had various radio jobs throughout the year, uh, but uh, uh, or years, I should say. But yeah, I met him. Um, he's a fantastic man from Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh, oh, okay. and uh, but you know, he's yeah. uh, he's a, he was great. And uh, yeah, Truman. Uh, so I know the game's going. Third period's about to get. We're doing this between the second and uh, third period of the uh, Red Wing Blackhawk game here in Chicago. Obviously, um, 
he makes this team now. And, you know, and I've told Dennis this, we were all under the assumption that he would be maybe a year in Grand Rapids because there were like four real high-end defensemen that they thought one of them right. might make it. Dennis might have been, in all honesty, maybe people were rating him maybe the third because, he, you know, he's yeah. coming right out of the, the dub. dub yeah. Right. But he makes it, uh, which I guess shows perhaps the, the discipline that he has because of a strong, maybe academic background. I'm not trying to reach no, for anything. I, yeah, I, he's like his mom that way. That's what it is. <laughs> the Dennis gets, yeah, he just he works hard all the time. Now Determined he, and focused and loves what he's doing. Absolutely loves it. You know, he makes this team, you know, ranks up there probably in your life as yeah. far as just being proud and great things that have happened to you. It's still a dream. Still, even when I, I'm on the dad's trip, I still can't believe I'm here. People have to see this to believe what it's like. It's, You've got to show it is, it is, it varsity a, jacket too. I know. It's a dream. It's like, I guess some of the dads tell me it takes a long time before it doesn't feel that way. But yeah, it happens fast. It goes so fast. When, uh, uh, when, when you look at this and in, in everything that has happened to him, um, how do you think he's responded and how he has reacted uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to getting success at an extremely early age to be in the NHL? Especially playing D, which is, as we know, usually defensemen come a little bit later. How, how does he feel about no. it? Yeah, you know, do, do, yeah. You, do you get, like, his, he, he doesn't seem overwhelmed. He, I mean, again, No, he's not overwhelmed. He's, he's, he's determined to play hockey. He wants to, he wants to help the Red Wings win. He's got it in his mind. He's going to help the Red Wings get back to the Stanley Cup Finals and win the thing. When you, he, he is a determined kid. He, he is a, He'll do whatever. He, you just, <laughs> people sometimes underestimate, because he's so calm and he's just, he's kind of, he just comes across, you know, I guess they, everybody says it's his poise and stuff. But he is just the most focused kid. He just, I mean, you haven't even seen the best yet. You wait as the years go by. It's going to be unbelievable. Well, you know, for him to come here and spend the yep. summer by himself, you know, pretty much on his own dime. Yeah. And, and it really does show the kind of focus that he really, yep. and determination he has. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great Well, thing. and you have a great organization, too. I mean, Sean Horkoff led the way and stuff. I mean, that, that was a big benefit because you need leadership in that way too and Horkoff and, and, and Danny Cleary I mean they're just they're just great guys they're just they really knew how to take to Dennis and show him what he needed to do and help him along and the whole organization I mean I mean for Dennis personally the Red Wings were the absolute best organization because you guys are super well organized and just pros all the way down the line and, and the style of play and how the players are developed and everything is. So, so I, I would imagine when he's going to go off on this journey, yeah. there, is there apprehension be, with you and your wife? Not sure, you know, because, you know, sometimes he's, professional sports is kind of a seamy side to it, too. Yeah. But, but it Dennis is, no, Dennis has always been well-balanced. He's been a good kid the whole way along. We play travel hockey all over North America. We've been everywhere. He's... He's sure of himself. He's confident in himself. And yeah, we didn't really worry. And so the dad's trip, I mean, you're in Chicago. Yeah. He's in Nashville uh, coming up. And then uh, started Don't off forget, we were in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great well, memories in Buffalo. Uh, oh, really? Well, that's where Dennis was drafted. Walking oh, yeah, down well, that arena. True. And, and it's true. <laughs> that is like the, still the biggest day. It's, it's hard to even describe. 
because we didn't know if Dennis would go in the first round. We didn't know if he'd go in the second round. We don't know when he's going to go. You know, if he, he wasn't like Austin Matthews or something like that. Right, right. So, say so he plays. What has this trip been like for you? It's been just, it's just been the best. Have you, now I would imagine, and I don't know, but you well, know, Paul, okay. Paul Rasmussen, yep. I mean, you're from essentially yes. the same area. Ras and Dennis played against each other growing up all the time. They were big rivals and enemies. Ras played in Semiamu, Dennis played in Langley. And Semiamu versus Langley was just, for kids hockey, wow, did they have some games. Really? Did, now, did you know Paul at all? Or did, yes, did, I met him, saw him in stance. He's a great, great guy. Right, so, so, but you didn't know him before your, this, your sons were drafted by the Red Wings? or No, we knew him playing minor hockey, yeah. Oh, really? Ras was a good player the whole time. Big kid, good player. That's Semiamu team, and yeah. Oh, good wow. Good team. So, 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 I, you and Paul, were you kind of rivals too, and now you're buddies? Or? <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't hang out or anything, but, <laughs> but, but Paul is always very, very, you know, he's a very good guy, so relaxed. There are other parents that aren't so relaxed, and right. a lot of times I wasn't so relaxed, but, but no, Paul was always very good. Now, um, I would imagine if you can give maybe some advice because there's a lot of parents of young hockey players out there. What would you tell parents of very good young hockey players? Because you've kind of lived this life. You've seen them grow. You know, you've seen Dennis grow into a professional athlete. Yet again, as we've said, you know, there's an academic side that yeah. you want him to pursue. What kind of advice would you give them? Well, certainly should finish their high school. Do really well and finish his high school. And if you have a chance to go to college, go to college. But I don't know, kid reading, finish high school for sure. Really? Yeah, but, but education is... Well, education is still, of course it's really important. Yeah, you should always pursue it in your life, but I don't know. No, well, I do, I do, I think you should, but that's, some of my best friends are tradesmen and some of them are, it, 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 I don't know. Well, follow I, your dream, I'd say follow your dream, it, that's what you do, it, it, whatever it is. Right. And now, and, and you supported him throughout his whole life, regardless of what he did. 100%. Right. Yeah. Now, I think I asked him during the podcast <laughs> that if he, after his hockey career, if he became part of an engineering team or something for the first man mission to Mars, he's, I, I go, would your dad be pretty happy with that? He said he would be ecstatic. I mean, would you like to see him pursue something like that? I, I think, I, of course I would. I always wanted one of my boys to be an engineer too, right? Right. Because right. I owned my own engineering company for a lot of years and stuff, but... But no, as time goes by, I think Dennis will be involved in hockey going forward. Really? But Hockey's but become, yeah. He, he's he's really, going to go back and get his degree, though. He'll do something, yeah. He'll go no, back and he get his degree. No, he will. I think I, he'll I, do it for you if, and, yeah, and yeah. for himself, too. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but... Wow. All right. Well, I can go on. You know, yeah. The game, the game, the game started. <laughs> I, I, know, could, so. I could talk to you a lot, but, you know, really... Um, Thanks for, for joining us here on the Red and White Authority. Really appreciate it. Uh, John Chalosky. Yeah. I uh, say Chalosky, yeah. Yes, yes. Of, uh, but we're not insulted by any other way it's said. because Really? Yeah, so you, when, when Dennis becomes a, a Hall of Famer, he won't you know, change the pronunciation of the name like a lot of athletes seem to do no, when they no. hit success. Uh, and uh, uh, how often do you come to Detroit? I'm, I don't know. Once every two months or so, uh, something like that. Um, I try to come as often as I can. Really? Because really, Red Wings don't go as, as west or as often as they used to. No. You know, when, no, when no, they're in the Western Conference. But, uh, John, thanks. Enjoy the trip. Thanks for taking some time out. We okay. really appreciate it. Thank you.
Thank you. I want to thank uh, John Chalowski for joining us on the Red and White Authority. That was done on Sunday in Chicago. Uh, so, uh, of course, at that point, Dennis had not been sent down to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, so uh, that's why we didn't cover that topic. But, of course, John certainly would have uh, talked about that. But uh, up next, let's move to uh, rookie Michael Rasmussen, who's had some trials and tribulations of his own during his rookie year. But we sat down with his father, Paul, and we talked about the big Detroit Center. Paul, thanks for joining us here on the Red and White Authority. Uh, you know, I'm going to be up front with the audience here. You and I have talked before. We talked on opening night. I've been talking your year off during this father's trip. Uh, but uh, I know the, one of the first questions I ever asked you is when you thought Michael was going to be an athlete. And I jokingly said when he was born and he was six foot two already. I mean, but when did it kick in for you and your entire family that you know, your son had pretty extraordinary talent? Uh, well, I would have to say it started uh, with soccer at a young age. You can tell by the way he was moving around, and uh, he was very athletic, and which is he was fortunate to be athletic. Um, you could just see there was something in him, and it, it was uh, was it was something that was special, and it just went on from there. Like he went into playing baseball and basketball and hockey, and finally ended up playing hockey. That's was his passion. That's. Uh, the reason where he is today because he just worked very hard. Well, you know, I know as we said, and I, I know I said we, we talked in the past, but his work ethic and his maturity level at 19 is, is fairly extraordinary. Uh, God-given or did, is that just kind, or kind of the way he was raised as well? Well, I, I was like that. Um, so it comes from, and, and from his mother too. It's, uh, you know, we were a very close family and we uh, try to do things together and, and, and communicate and, and, and teach them the way things should be in, in, in the way life is nowadays. And what they do, same with my, my other kids, my other daughters, they're, they're very focused, they work hard, and you can only get so far ahead if you want to work at it. And with Michael, is that he works extremely hard, and like you said in the beginning, he's a very focused young man, and... Uh, and he's very determined when he wants something, he goes after it and gets it. You know, how difficult is it for you, although he was pretty much always based in British Columbia, I would imagine, so, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, was he able, unlike most hockey players, able to at least be close to home or, or he maybe even live in the house and continue to pursue his hockey career? How far away was he and how difficult, because you are a close family, is it to say goodbye at a, to your son at a very relatively young age to play hockey? Uh, Art, that's, Art, that's a good question. Um, Michael left home at the age of 14. Uh, he moved up to Kelowna uh, with a billet family that fortunately we knew and he absolutely loved them and he adored them. Uh, two or three years that he was there. He played uh, at OHA, uh, Hockey Academy. And, but to get back to what was difficult, of course it was difficult. We're a very close family. And I always remember that my wife and I, when he drove down the street to leave, we turned a corner and we looked at each other and we started to cry. It's just, you, you, you know, as parents, you're saying to yourself, you're wondering, are we doing the right thing here? Right. But knowing our son, and, and, and another thing, Art, too, is he told us not once, not twice, not three times, four times, he said, I want to go. So the fourth time we finally just said to ourselves, you know, he wants to go. So we have to think about what he wants, not so much of what we want right. from him, you know, as much as we want him to stay home. So we, we said yes, and it's been 
It's been great for him ever since. It was one. It's the best move ever made for him. When he when he is away and he's playing, uh, is it difficult that you want to almost call him every day and see how he's doing, or did you realize he is about to embark on something where he probably needs to focus in on? on hockey and schooling and what's going Absolutely. on up there. Well, well, but schooling was very important too, obviously. Right. Um, it was, we talk every day, mostly every day, now still, and back then when he went up to Kelowna. And it was more like just saying, you know, just hearing his voice, him hearing our voice and just talking a little bit, and then that's that. But again, in Kelowna, it wasn't the fact too that the family he was with you know, it was Jason and uh, Michelle Smart, they're fantastic people. And uh, Michael calls them second parents. So that part of it became easy because of that. You know, I think sometimes we forget, especially here in the States, that, and there's billet families obviously here in, in, in Michigan and in such a big hockey area. I'm sure. Yet, yet that uh, these people, you know, I guess if I wanna um, maybe make an understanding, it's almost like an exchange student in a way, or you know, because you know you take in somebody, uh, you know, you obviously you want to do it, but a, a billet family and the relationship, I mean, these people have to be compassionate too, because they're really taking a, a young man who, let's face it, fourteen years; those are beginning to be the formative years. Absolutely, you're looking at it as well. My son's starting to grow into being a young adult, and I'm not going to be there yet. You almost pass him off to a family, but. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I, I mean, it, I, were you, even though he wants to go, you weren't conflicted at all just because the Billa family was cool or the whole situation and that's what he wanted to well, do? Well, first of all, with uh, Jay and Michelle, I, we didn't consider them a Billa family. Okay. Dear friends, and we knew that he was going to be well looked after. Okay. So that was not an issue altogether. Okay. Now, moving forward, moving down to Tri-City, right. that was a different story altogether. But he's going to a different country, too. Right. So. Yeah, and you just don't know anybody, right? I mean, we know a few people up in Kelowna, and also the players that he was playing with and so on and so forth. But when he got drafted to the WHL, to Tri-City, WHL, it was a different story. So that's, when you say, talk about Bill Fan, that's where it becomes a little more difficult in trying to understand what he has to do and what we have to understand for him, right. where he's going and what he's going to be doing. Now, fortunately for us, we could drive there. It was a five-hour drive from Vancouver down to Tri-City, and we would see him a lot. I'm unfortunately retired, so I could do that. We both are, my wife and I. So we can go down and see him really at any time. And the nice thing, too, about the two Bill families that he had, they had the trust in us that they would actually go away on vacations, and either I or my wife would stay behind and cook for them and be around them and be a part of it. Oh, really? So and you both families. They were they were very good Billa families. So you kind of assimilated yourself right into the whole structure. Yeah, it sounds absolutely. Like. Yeah, but it's like we're just living in a different house, but being the parent. So, you know, Michael. Obviously, before he was drafted, mm -hmm. you know, with my work with the Red Wings, I I already knew him. I talked to Craig Button about him. He loved him, uh, and said, "Listen, he's extraordinary for a man his size." around the net and what you're going to like about him is is his hand-eye coordination mm -hmm. and but I think maybe the hidden talent that he has and that and he's very talented is his reach even though he's six foot six just seems like 
we, I think we talked about this. The goal he scored last week. And right, we, in tight. Yeah. yeah, in tight like that. I mean, he had no time, he had no space, and I'm sure Flurry thought he had the whole net covered, and he backhands it because of his long reach. That's just, I mean, I know he works at it, but people look at that and say, boy, that's God given. I mean, that kid is just. Well, as we said earlier, he's a talented player, no matter what he what he does in sports or anything for that matter, but it, it's more, no, it, it took a lot of work too. Right. Uh, I would be out in the garage with him nightly. He'd want to play and uh, shoot pucks or he'd be around with a golf ball and just going right, right back and forth with it so that it would steady and wouldn't bounce around and he'd take shots on net in tight like that and tip the puck up in the air and knock it in and I'd be out with him taking shots with him, he'd be tipping it and, and we do this daily. Uh, he enjoyed doing it and I'd be, I enjoyed being around him. Well, the, I've told you know the Red Wings, and you know, it's it's kind of weird because I, I I'm more for the audience is like we've talked about almost all this stuff before already, Paul sure, and I. Absolutely. So so you know, I'm, I'm saying well as we've talked about, so I'm not going to try to say that. No. But the thing that that is extraordinary about him is how mature he is. I mean, did you ever do you ever want to say to him, just Michael, honest? I mean, you're 19 years old, you're playing the NHL, you can smile once in a while. Well, you see, people don't see that. We see it, right? And we understand what people, where people are coming from. He has a heart of gold, and he is a very friendly young man. And we see him smile all the time. But it, it's it's like he, when he gets to the rink, it's like he just turns it off and he's focused on what he has to do. And unfortunately, he doesn't smile a majority of the time. But that's just his personality, outside of the home. Right. Well, I. I try my best. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm we, sure you get the odd crack, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He does. I mean, he was smiling. He was smiled today when I told sure. him. Yeah, you know, when we go to Vancouver yeah. the draft, I'm coming to your house and having a barbecue, and he was, he was laughing about that. You know, so uh, um, he's about to embark, and I've told you this. And what, what you know, railway officials have told me when he was drafted, he shook every official's hand and said. Thank you for drafting me. I'm not going to disappoint you. And it took them aback because they never had heard that from a draft. Well, I didn't before. know that until you told me. Right, right. And you know, and you know, I guess I'm letting the cat out of the bag, as they say. But still, I mean, that just goes to show you about his focus, about his drive, and his determination. And again, I know I keep going back to it, Paul. But for a kid that that focused at such an early age, I mean, it. You know, I'm overstating this. I know I am, but you know, it's. It, you know, he will do everything to make himself the very best player he can be. Absolutely. Uh, when Michael, I think what Michael has to realize, it, it, it will take time. Uh, and he is focused and he's very mature for his age. And then, not necessarily a bad thing. No. Oh, mean, maturity is, is, is huge, right, in anything you do. So I feel for him that he, my opinion is that he just has to take his time, let and let just fall into place and it will I keep reminding him he's only 19 and you are playing in the NHL he's very fortunate that way too and he understands that so for him I, I think you're going to see a little bit of him smile a little more as he gets settled in it's it's been it's been a long year for these kids right right oh, the vets yeah. they understand that they have a routine they have and you know they're they're set in their ways, but for the younger players like Chalowski or Michael or you know Sedina who's going to come up, it's it's a whole new experience for them, and they just sort of have to understand that they have to wait their turn. Is there 
you know, I know that he and Larson, I mean, there's some of these guys, yeah. you know, the yeah. Red Wings aren't that old of a team. No, I mean, there's some veterans here, Absolutely. but he, it seems that he has some young guys who, that he can gravitate to on this roster. Yeah, I'd have to say Lark, Larks has been great. Uh, he lived with Larks for a few months uh, when he arrived in Detroit, and I thought that was, that was very nice of Larks to do that, to take him in. And he's, he's been around him, and he's showed him the ropes a little bit and see what it's like. So uh, that's been good for him. But he also needs to be on his own, which he is now, and, uh, and sort of slowly mature in his own way to be involved with the Red Wings. Right. Well, now, I know you, you've come back and forth to Detroit, and, and I want to yeah. go. I was talking to, to John Chalosky, and, uh, uh, you know, again, I mean, it should have made sense because both Dennis and Michael are from B.C., right. But you kind of not have a history, but a, like a rivalry yes, with do. Dennis yes. and Michael have known each other for a long time, and so have the families. Oh well, yeah, but they're in, they live in Langley. We live in Surrey, and also uh, Cholo's a year older. Mm -hmm. But they did play the odd time against each other. So but it, we never really spoke uh, really? in the ranks. So I mean, we just sort of you know nodded, and that was that. But it's not. No, but you look at them now together, right? And they talk about it too. How exciting it is! I talk to John all the time now about going back. Back in the day, we saw our kids playing against each other, and you know, realizing that uh, you know. Hopefully they're going to make it to the NHL one day. And I said to John the other day, and I, I said this to Michael when, when uh, uh, Dennis was skating on the ice one day, and this was many years ago, I said to Michael, he's going to play in the NHL someday. And Michael said, well, why? I said, because he can skate. So, but uh, now we're becoming more friends, more aware of what's going on, and it's, it's, it's really nice. Right, and, and I would imagine the good thing about it is, is not only do, are the Red Wings, you know, retooling at this point where they have a much younger roster than they used to have. Right. I mean, I, I've told you, there were, it seemed like decades that a rookie right. never made this roster, yeah. Detroit's roster. Now rookies are making it young players, you know, they, you know, the, 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 you know they've turned the page sure. on, on the glory days, but they're rekindling the glory days as well. Um, but to have Dennis here, and it, it, it almost seems, and you know, I, I'm being melodramatic, of course, but that it was almost destiny in a strange sense that he's a Red Wing. And, and with Dennis a Red Wing, I mean, the way it just kind of has turned out for him. Well, that's it's pretty exciting right? right? for the two of them to be, get, be together and play together. And also, you know, it gives them that they can talk to each other because they know each other from the past and they know where they lived and where they live and all that stuff. So they can communicate and sort of just talk without anybody else really know what they're talking about sort of thing, right? So that part of it's been great for both of them, I believe. So it's uh, it's been pretty exciting for, for, for Michael to, to understand that he can have uh, Dennis to go talk to at the same time. And yeah, you're right, in regards to Detroit, they're going through that, what do you want to call it, transition now. Right. And, uh, you know, I can see that the likes of, you know, Cholo and Sedina and Michael and all that. Look at Larson. Still got great players on the team that are going to carry this team for a long time, and they're just going to be part of it. How has it been for you as a parent? Because I think you knew it going in, I knew it going in, and regardless of Michael's incredible maturity level at 19, the ups and downs, especially of a rookie season in the NHL for everybody, um, have not that you've had to talk them off the you know I'll use the Ambassador Bridge or anything like that, but. Uh, Trying times a little bit? Have you? Oh, well, sure. And, and I, I, that's to be expected. Um, you know, it's a totally different league that you're stepping into, right? They're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger, mentally tougher. And it's for him, um, Michael has some of those, 
but it's, it's, it's trying to fit in because you're always used to being the best of what you do. And you are very good at what you're doing. Right, right. But this is a, a process where you have to take, wait your turn to get to that level. And I, I truly believe that he's, he's going that way and it's just going to take some time, that's all. Right. Now, how often are you able to center ice? Do you watch the Red Wings all the time? Or in, of course I do. And, <laughs> you know, he... You can see some of the goals he's scored. Yep. You know, you can see that he's getting more comfortable. He has to kind of grow into that body at the NHL level too. You know, it's true. And and, and I thought when he came back from Grand Rapids, not that he wasn't playing well, but that seemed to like jumpstart him a little bit. Well, you know, our confidence is everything. Right, right. But when you feel confident, you feel like you can just go in there and do your thing. Uh, it means a lot. And being down in GR for three games, it, it helped him out. Uh, he played a lot, he played well, and uh, he really enjoyed it. And he looked for, obviously looking forward to come back to Detroit, and I think he was just on a high where he realized, like, you know, yeah, I can do this. And it's and he had a great game, his first game up. You know, were you surprised? I know you were pleased and very proud, as you should be. And I, as I said, I talked to you and your wife on, the, yeah. on opening night. Yeah. But for him to make the Red Wings... Oh, well. I mean, we're, because, you, you know, I mean, I guess because of the crazy rule, you know, yeah. um, you have a lot to learn at the NHL level, you know, in the dub, there's not much more for him to do there, you know, and he can't go to the A. No, he can't. So, I mean, you know, but, but he made the team. He actually made the right. team. Right, right. You know, they wanted, I mean, right. you know, one of the proudest moments in, in, in Rasmussen family history there? Or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, for him, for Michael, it's a dream come true. Uh, every kid wants to play in the NHL. And, and our, you know as well as I do, how many people are playing in the NHL? I mean, so many people around the world right. want to play in the NHL. Right. And he's fortunate enough to be one of them right now. And that's just a dream come true for him. Uh, and now he just has to stay and work hard. You know, do you... He he wants he, he wants it so badly. Yes, he does. I know the coaching staff believes in him. You know he's assimilated himself into that room very very well. They you know they all like him. Uh, now, do you hope maybe this off season that he takes a little downtime for himself because he strikes me as a guy that no. would constantly want to just continue to right. work on his game. If you like, maybe you or your you know someone in the family, one of his sisters, pull him aside and say, hey, look. For the next 10 days, maybe you can get on skates or something, but we're going to do something different. Right. Uh, I think Michael is aware of that now. I think he realizes he needs some time off. When I mean time off, time away from the game and the, and the thoughts of, of playing hockey all the time, right? It's to go and do something else or do nothing. Right. Uh, go on a vacation for two weeks or whatever. Just get away from the game, clear your head a little bit, and just have some fun. What does he do for fun? I uh, he has a lot of friends. Um, he, uh, he, you know what? He's a homebody. He really is. He loves to be at home. But he's always out. He's out and about with his sisters all the time. And he goes over to some of his buddies and misses them. But other than hockey itself, he doesn't do a lot. He just sort of just wants to be around. You know, you talk about being a close family. And, yeah. and I was told this, and I don't know if it's true, because sometimes they like to you know, lead me on a little bit, because I'm, I'm fairly gullible, even at my advanced age here. And uh, they said that when the family was coming, that Michael knew, obviously, that, you know, that his parents were coming, 
they, one of his sisters was coming. He didn't think that the, his other sister was coming. And then when she walked into the Red Wing room, we had that group picture, he was floored. I mean, he was, they said it was like the happiest they've ever seen him. I mean, is that, is, was that true? Or were they just telling yeah. me because I, that he, that he was not expecting something to happen on opening night, something with the family, and it happened, and he was ecstatic. I don't recall that. I know that the whole family was coming, and I know he's extremely excited that they all were there. Right, and now he has like nieces and nephews, or yes, he does. He all. I have two grand. We have two grandkids. Oh, and okay. They were there, and that was exciting too. So. Um, don't get me wrong, Paul. I mean, no, you, I, how I can you have grandchildren? How can you? I you you you, well, I don't think you were really, there. I'm not sure. You know, I'm, because he was just—he was just so happy. You know, they said, "Yo, you missed it," because I wasn't at practice that right. day. I had to do something yeah. else. And they said, "Listen, you know, the Rath, when Rasmussen's family walked in, you should, you know, because we we're always joking around and being the most serious 19-year-old in the world that he was just beside himself." No, he's—you know what? To answer that question, he just—he's happy to see everybody. Uh, Kim Brody says it all the time. When part of the family comes down to visit him, she said he just lights up. Uh, so like what I'm trying to say to you is he just loves his family and loves to be a part of it. Right. Well, no, and that's great. Him. Right. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he's a long way from home. Absolutely. But now, like I said to you earlier, we're fortunate enough that we come down and see him too, right. just to give him some attention, right? Especially mom. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're on this dad's trip, uh, your first one, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. What, what has it been, what's this experience been like for you? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, Detroit organization has treated us really well. Uh, the dads are great. Everybody around us has been, it's been lots of fun. The restaurants have been going to. Uh, but what's a real eye-opener for me is, and I think for some of the parents too, is that what you see behind the scenes. I mean, it's wonderful. You're a hockey player and you're flying around city to city. But you know, these kids, they, they, it's, it's a long haul for them, right? They get on a hop on a plane, they get onto the bus, they go to the room, they sleep. Again, next morning they eat and they go on the rink again. There really isn't a lot of downtime for them, and it's, it has to be hard at times for them to. We to have rest. a tendency to forget that they're they're people too. Absolutely, you, know, you, you really do. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah I, and I, so it's it's hard. I right, can just imagine. I try to explain that you know, you know, it, it, you know, people I think are aware that there's a lot of time that goes into it, but with practice time, the pressure on a professional athlete is immense. Is that you know they just don't show up you know an hour before game time, no. play a game, and then go home. I mean they're they're constantly in job mode, in performance yeah, mode, and yeah. thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, and they're they're always looking at their clips or hockey on TV or it's it's always on their mind. It never goes away, and I've noticed that with Michael too. Even just being here now for a few days with them on this trip, it's always on their mind. They're they're just so focused, and they, I guess they have to be right. Right. The, this is I, a high level. Right? You know, so. I, I, some of the the players are. You know, we were talking before the trip began, and said, "You know, the fathers are really going to get an eye opener because they're playing back to back, which is entirely different." I mean, there is literally no downtime unless they're sleeping when they're playing back to back. It's, None whatsoever, which is quite surprising. There, there is no downtime. It's all about, it's hockey. Come back to the room, eat and sleep. You wake up the next morning, you're doing the same thing all over again. You know, I know you're proud of your senior son here playing the NHL. You're traveling with him. Um, how much time have you had, just maybe the two of you together, and not much, or is it? No, it's mostly um, between them working out, going on the ice, having something to eat. There's that little gap 
where you can have a little bit of time together. And then in the evening time, we have maybe an hour or two. And he says, I got to go to bed. So it's, like I said, it's different behind the scenes. One of the first things he ever told me, and I think it was when, uh, when he was drafted in Chicago, is that he is a stickler about his sleep. Absolutely. He, I mean, he says that he... When it's time to sleep, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He drops it and he leaves and he goes to sleep. It's very true. That is so true. And the room has to be completely dark. Completely dark? Completely he's, dark. he's not one of these guys that has to sleep in 50 degree temperature or anything. No, not really. Just It has to be dark. You can't have a little light, red light or a green light off the TV or anything like that. It all has to be dark. Really? Completely black? Absolutely. Wow. Well, that's, well, that's, that's good to know. Um, as this season progresses... Um, you know, we're, we're, we have a couple of months to go, uh, almost like six weeks. You know, if the Red Wings make time an, flies. an extraordinary run, you know, maybe they make the playoffs. You know, I think we're all hoping, but you never know. Yeah, you, you know, until they're mathematically eliminated, yeah, right. they're not eliminated, right? Um, looking back at this year, considering everything he's gone through, he had a little bit of the hammy injury and, and all that, I, a, a learning experience, but you know him well. Um, this would be, I think, when he examines it, from what I know about him, right. that it would be a great learning experience in that he has a better idea, and I guess this is human nature too, of what he's walking into next year. You know him well. Yes, he, he knows what's, what's going on now, what he realizes, what he has to do for himself to be, I wouldn't say better, just more prepared right. for it for next year. Like you said, coming into this, it's all new to him, and you know you see, you know it's you like you're going, you see Cromwell, or you see Larks, you see all these guys you've seen on TV for, you know, a while, right? And all of a sudden now you're sitting beside them, so this has all been exciting for him, and it's also realizing that how good these players really are, and he realizes for next year he's he's going to be he'll be prepared. When the thing that I find extraordinary about him is it's his maturity level, but. And I guess every athlete I've talked to over the years, you know, they all say when they get reflective and they've been in the league for a while, that nothing beats experience. But it's how you react from those experiences and how you apply your experiences to make yourself better. And I know I, I probably just asked you this question, but the, he seems that at a very early age, he gets that and understands that. Absolutely. You can go back to Tri-City. And I've, I've explained to him a couple of times is that you sort of have to earn your way, mm -hmm. right, with Tri-Stadium, which was difficult for him because he's always been the guy, so to speak. And going into Tri-Stadium was a really good learning curve for him because he had to sit a while and wait his turn. Once he got his opportunity, he took off with it. Now with, with Detroit, I know it's the NHL, it's a little, a little more demanding right, and right, different. Right. And, you know, it's faster, stronger. But coming the next year, I think you're going to see him go to another level. Right. So it's just, it's just his mindset. And like everybody who is a center, he wants to be a center. Yes, he does. That's he, he, like he says to me. I don't, Dad. I, I don't mind playing left wing. He said, but he said also like to try center. So we'll see what happens then. Right. And, and I, I told I told him this year. I think it was at development camp. I said I can't wait to see you in front of the net on the power play. And he, his response was, I can't wait either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but he's extraordinary there. Yes, he is. He, he, yeah, he's a threat. Right. Right. And uh, you can see it every time he goes out there. And again, we go back to the goal he scored the other night against Flurry. I mean, it was, right. you know, and his hand eye coordination is incredible. And 
He'll score some goals. Right. Well, you could tell Flurry's reaction was, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. hey, but you know, you can tell it was like an oh out of respect, like, hey, that was a good play. I got to tip my cap to well, him. We're there. fortunate. We're sitting right up top, yeah, down, so we could see it all happening. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah. I think his goal celebration move, that little fist pump yeah, and skate, that's pretty good. It's well, pretty good. You know, I think every player has to let it out, right? Right. Just, right finally, right. It's, right. You know. I, I've, I've kept you a long time no, here, okay. but, but I wanted to. I, you know, I've got to ask you this question sure. because there's a couple guys on our staff. One of our producers on the Red and White Authority, Andrew Kristoff. Mm -hmm. I'm at Michael's first development camp, which is in Traverse City. He had just been a Red Wing for not even like a week or so. And I'm sitting there, and Andrew tells me that he has never eaten a plum in his life, <laughs> which I could not believe. I mean, I was horrified by it because they have like fruit and everything for the guys out there. Uh, and um, Kyle, who also works there, said that he had never eaten a plum, and I was just dumbfounded. And then all of a sudden, Michael pops up. He's sitting next to me. I didn't even wasn't aware of this. And he goes, hey, I don't like plums. And so naturally, we call him Plum. That's our nickname <laughs> for him. And we're always, you know, I wanted, when he made the team, I wanted to get a basket of plums and put it at his, you know, stall. Well, did I tell you that we have a plum tree in the backyard? Well, yeah, that's what, the, that's what your wife told me. She wants, you know, I guess she moved, oh, she wants another one. They're so, both. What's this? Why doesn't he like plums? Well, I have no idea. I mean, I guess everybody has some things they don't like, but that's just him. I, I guess he just doesn't like the flavor of them. Tell me, Paul, you, you've eaten a plum, right? They're, they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I understand where you're coming yeah, from. I was, like, <laughs> I was mortified. Well, well, and I look at him and go, like, when he's, uh, what? You don't like plums? I mean, they're delicious. But. Well, well, I told him today, I said, you know, like, you know, after your career's over and they're retiring your number and all that, they're obviously going to come to me and say, you get along. Michael tolerates you. Like, what should we get him? I go, I'm going to insist that they get you a plum tree. <laughs> and he just, he just not, started to laugh. Not Actually, we might be getting a plum tree in our backyard right now. So. Yeah, well, I know your wife is planning that. <laughs> Yeah. I told them they better be in there for the barbecue this uh, for the draft. So, uh, uh, Paul Rasmussen, great talking to you. You know, I really enjoy your company. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, I mean, your your son, and you know, and I say this, and this is a testament to all the dads here. I mean, your sons win or lose, high times, low times, whatever. They're accountable, and they come, and they you know they they talk to clowns like me, and I, I really truly appreciate it. And you know. Congratulations on having such a great kid, and I know that your your daughters are, are wonderful people too. But they are they're you, wonderful kids. They're all wonderful kids. You and your wife did a good job, Paul. Well, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and thank you for having me on, on on the show. I really enjoy it. I'd love to come back at any time. Oh, you will. Open invitation. Trust me. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to the barbecue. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, looking forward good. to having you come over. All right, thank you, Paul. Thanks.